Okay, we are in Sefer Hosea, Peret Zion, Pasuk Aleph, Kirafei Lirushalayim, Vinigla Avon Ephraim. So, we've done six prakim in Hosea, and by now there are certain specific characteristics of his prophecies that we can recognize. For example, no Navi is able to swing back as fast and as quickly in terms of tochacha, rebuke, and nechama, consolation. Certainly Yeshayahu, Yirmiyahu, Yechezkel, all were able to do it. But somehow Hosea can do it from sentence to sentence. Switch to Nechama from Tocha back to Nechama. No one makes the pendulum swing as quickly. Secondly, we see that every parak is sort of connected to the previous parak. There's the theme, the metaphor continues. In other words, each parak isn't a standalone parak, there's a continuity. And so here we see in Parak Zion, that in the previous parak we were introduced to the metaphor, a very interesting metaphor, where B'nai Yisrael is considered as a sick patient with the Kaddish Baruch Hu as his doctor. And the hope of the Kaddish Baruch Hu is that B'nai Yisrael realize that their afflictions, the illness, that which bothers them, it's not Bavel, it's not Ashur, it's the hand of the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and that just as the Kaddish Baruch Hu inflicted on them, if they would just realize it, they could appeal to him to remove it. He is the uh, one who afflicts, and he is the one who cures. Um, as the Radak says, that hacholates hu hamarape, that he who gives the the affliction is also the doctor who heals. And so now we continue in Perak Zion with that metaphor, where the Navi says, Hosef Aleph, Kirafili Israel, when I am ready or trying now to heal the nation of Israel, as we've said, the nation of Israel here specifically means the ten tribes, the northern kingdoms. And I see you uncover the sins of Ephraim. Ephraim, we've said, is synonym, of course, for the ten tribes, because Yeruvim ben Nevat was from Ephraim. And the evils of Shomron. Shomron was the capital uh, city of the northern kingdom. Kipal and Shekhar, that they are so deep in lies. The Ganev Yavo Pshat Gedud Bachus. And they are a society that thrives on theft and exploitation of their fellow man. And so the Ganav comes and now spreads his goods. They spread their net. They spread their conspiracies outside. The, par- the paradox there is that we've learned that a Ganov is one who operates in Caesar, in secret. He's afraid of detection. So he comes at night, he comes in by stealth. But here, the Ganovim have grown so brazen 
and so indifferent because they know they're not going to get caught. They spread their wares out in the marketplace, on the field. And continues in Navi, these people of Yisrael, the ten tribes, they say to the, in their hearts, or they conceal rather in their hearts, as if I don't know what they've done. I don't know the, the extent of their sinning. Nonsense. I've surrounded them with the evil. I remember it. It's in front of me. They think they are fooling me that I am not aware of their sinful past or their sinful thoughts. In their evil, they delight the king, and we have to explain that. And in their evil, their denial of the Kaddish Baruch they delight the sorrow. So the Mephoshim say that here they're talking about Yerobam ben Nevat, the first king. Remember, he puts up those golden calves, one in Basel, one in Dun, and the people flock to it. They're delighted to have Avodah Zorah. They take to it like a, a bead of honey. And so naturally, Yeravam is delighted. And so he's sorry more that his plan for Avodah Zorah, his plan to keep them out of Yerushalayim, they, they can't wait to do it. So that they, in fact, Yismuch uh, the king's delighted with their evil. Kulam menapim, and now a very interesting metaphor that their sins, their adulterous Avodah Zorah, is like bread in an oven. Sekulam menapim, they are all adulterous. Now, menapim could be, as we've seen, a metaphor for Avodah Zorah. It could also be literally. They are a very sexualized society that just take total advantage of their lustful, meretricious, uh, licentious, libidinous pursuits. So like a bread in the oven heats up and the fire keeps it going. Yishvos, however, there's a period in the baking process where it stops because after uh, it is kneaded, the bread, that's K-N-E-A-D-E-D, it has to leaven, there's a rest stop. Uh, and that's when B'nai Israel, just out of sheer exhaustion, rests from there. There's a momentary rest as the oven during the night cools down. May offer Yishvos, may ir that until they um, now <clears throat> leaven it, there's a rest period. That's when they take time out, as it were, from their evil inclinations. Moreover, add on top of those sins of, of Znus and of uh, Avodah Zorah is um, drunkenness. Apparently, and that it could mean a gashrius, but here it means literally the wine, the consumption of liquor. Yom Alkenu could be a day of significance for the king, a festive occasion. Could be his coronation, it could be a birthday. They celebrated with the officers getting drunk, Humas <coughs> Miyayim. 
and as a result, Moshach Yojo eslotes him. The king takes close to him, elevates not the Gedolim, not the Talmidei Chachamim, the Leitzim. Leitzim means the cynics, the scoffers. Leitzim doesn't, nece- doesn't necessarily, doesn't mean people who are, are humorous. Leitzim are those who just scoff. They make fun of the religion, of the Torah, etc. And they have become elevated in the king's eyes and in the sorim's eyes as they are plied with wine and other liquid beverages. Because the tanner is their instrument as they plan their conspiracies. However, they do have that rest period, we've said, at night, but in the morning, they fire up that furnace again, the furnace that feeds their iniquities, their lusts, their avodah <clears throat> The flame burns brightly. Kulam yechamur katana, they all warm like the tanur, and they devour their judges. What does that mean? Rashi says there, and I quote, Hargu es hasanhedrin shalohem lefishahayu mochim biyadam. They've killed off their Sanhedrin, their spiritual leaders, simply because they've tried to set them on the right path. They've tried to give them Tachacha. They want none of them. They've killed them off. It could mean literally, as they did sometimes, but it could also mean, figure, they pay no attention. They hold them in contempt. They do not listen to them. All their kings, the kings of Israel has fallen. If you stop to think, how many of them have been assassinated? Zechariah, Shalom, Pekah, Pekah ben Ramaya, all fell under the assassins. Others come to very tragic deaths. So they should see, out of this, can't they see the pattern? Uh, you would think that with the Tsar, with the, they would have questions. They would call to God, why is this happening? They don't even bother to think of it. Tragedy after tragedy, uh, they don't call me. Ephraim wanders around the nations confused. And if you think about it, there's a very apt description. He goes to Mitzrayim for help. He wanders to Assyria for help. He then goes into exile to Bovel. He is like a lost soul, Ephraim. Ephraim Hoyouga Bali Hafucha. Interesting metaphor. He is like a cake in the oven that doesn't get turned over. So it doesn't become a, a complete cake, but it's not a complete bread. It's incomplete. It's unsure of its identity. Moreover, Ochu Zorim Kocho, the Zorim, the nations have sapped his strength. We see that they have all betrayed him. He's going into exile. He's going to disappear forever from Assyria. He doesn't know why. He doesn't know what's happening. He's gotten older. So you would think the uh, conventional wisdom is as a person grows older, they see things with more clarity. They want to do tshuva. They want to straighten out their lives before their rendezvous uh, in the Olam Haba. Nothing. It doesn't register. 
They see um, the gone, the despair, the down bringing of Israel in front of them. They don't make the slightest thing of return. They don't seek him with everything that is happening to him. As we say, tragedy after tragedy, assassination after assassination, betrayal after betrayal. They don't think of coming to the Kaddish Baruch and seeking his guidance. He's like a wandering dove. Um, he, he doesn't even he doesn't open his heart. The misfortune should be interesting thing with a Yonah as opposed to other birds. The bird sees that its nest has been violated. Somebody has plundered it. He knows enough not to go back. The Yonah will go right back to his nest, and that's Ephraim. He just wanders from place to place. Um, Ain Lave is the Rashi says, Lavchin Matov Lohem has no conception of what's good for him, what's evil for him. He's just a wandering poor soul. Mitzrayim Koru Asher Hochu. They go to Mitzrayim to seek help. They then go to Ashur to make a mutual defense pact. Both betray them, as we've learned, leaving them out in the battlefield to certain death. And when they go, I will cast a net over them. I will snare them like birds of the sky. Uh, they will be uh, as they have um, betrayed them. What we're talking about here is there was an incident you will recall we learn in Yirmiyahu that they come to him um, and they ask him what should we do the Babylonians are invading and Yirmiyahu says stay right here and instead a large group disobeys Yirmiyahu saying he's lying to us he doesn't know what he's talking about and they go off to Egypt where then again Bavel comes in and they are put uh, to death. And so, Isurim Kemashmal Eidosam, Achnisam Bemusar Amim. I am going to cause them to wander into the, the nations, into exile, and as we're going to see, never to be heard from again. Eilahem, woe to them, ki me many, they have wandered from me, they have betrayed me, showed Lahem, ki pashubi, the disgraces that they have. Uh, sinned against me, I am ready to, to be poda them, to redeem them. And they have spoken about me lies. What have they said as lies? Rashi, read it. It says, You have said that the Kaddish Baruch doesn't want us to go to Mitzrayim. That's a lie. So that they have totally lied. They've said, I've lied. In other words, I'm ready to save them and then saying the Kaddish Baruch lies to us. Below they don't scream to me or cry out to me in their heart. At the exact time, they cry on their pillows 
at night from their sorrows, but don't think of coming to the Kaddish Baruch Hu. And I'll dug on the Sirosh's Goru, Yosuru be For wine and strong drink, they have forsaken me, they have become consumed with it. It is I who will strengthen their hands originally. I've given them the power. And they have nothing but evil thoughts towards me. That they are like to me, like a archer who draws his bow one way, as it were, the metaphor, and then turns the other. He, in other words, he draws it one way to follow what I'm going to say, and then suddenly does a turn, a 180 turn, like when he went to Egypt against my will. So he's an archer that fires deliberately the wrong way. There's the officers, Yiplu Bacherev, Sarehem, Mizam, Lashonov, from the um, curses of their tongue, of what they say about the Kaddish Baruch Zula Agam, the Eretz Mitzrayim. This will result in their derision in Eretz Mitzrayim. As we see, they go there begging for sanctuary. Mitzrayim takes them in, and they are killed off almost immediately by Bovel. And so the sad story will continue again, unfortunately, tomorrow, 8.45. Be there.